This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. She is my wife and my partner on Obsessed Podcast right now. It is Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I like that we should just uh, try to make the beginning of Obsessed basically like a husband and wife version of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> well, I've put on my at-home cardigan, which actually I have, so. I'm wearing my cardigan on my feet, in my shoes, on my shoulders. Everything makes sense and is great. Fantastic. Yay! Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Yeah, so uh, last week we did our 300th episode of Obsessed. We talked about the concept of obsession in general, and you were very kind to talk me through some of uh, my long-term life obsessions and check to see if I'm still doing okay, and for the most <laughs> part, I was. So what a success. And we got a lot of nice uh, comments from people on the 300th episode, so thank you all so much for uh, continuing to go with us on this obsessive journey. It's a weird time right now uh, to decide for a podcast like Obsessed that covers lots of different things. And because I'm not having guests in, and uh, I'm not uh, recording remotely, so you and I are doing it, doing the uh, uh, the podcast together, it's a weird choice to do something that's total escapism or something that acknowledges that we're going through a global event that every human on the planet is going through in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And uh, this week's episode kind of straddles the line. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like we're trying to at least acknowledge the world. Yeah, we're going to do just a light, fun, fluffy movie review to kind of dis discover whether or not we're uh, obsessed with uh, virus movies. <laughs> <laughs> See how how into them we are. Uh, so let's just dive in. This will be structured a little bit differently than uh, some episodes of Obsessed because we're uh, talking about two movies that we don't know if we're obsessed with or not. And we're going to have to discover. Yeah. So we watched 1995's Outbreak and 2011's Contagion. Now, my very first question for you is, why? Why did we watch <laughs> these movies? Um, because we were inspired? <laughs> inspired. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I can give more. If yeah. You want. yeah. I, I want to both joke about it and I want to dig down to... For, for ourselves. Yeah. It's like when this really first happened, when when the lockdown really started to happen here in America, mm -hmm. uh, a ton of people were like, what do you know? Outbreaks on Netflix. I guess I'll watch it. And you heard a, a radio thing about Contagion. And it seemed like a good chunk of people were like, hey, it, I want to lean into this. I want to process this by watching these movies. Yeah. And when I posted on social media that we were watching Contagion, because that's the one we watched first, um, I got uh, some positive comments. And at least three or four people responded to me with uh, various gifts of no, no, hell no, get away from me. <laughs> so they, they, I, I saw in the social media sphere this push-pull that people have of, do you want to watch something that helps you work through the reality, or do you want escapism and hell no to virus movies? Yeah, in fact... I think you first brought up, hey, maybe we should watch Contagion. People are watching it. We could talk about it. And I was like, no. no. <laughs> you, you hell no gift me. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Right to your face. <laughs> and then I heard discussion of it on the radio. And uh, some of the film critics were talking about the movie and very specifically their reactions to the movie when it first came out and their reactions to the movie now and kind of looking at other people's responses. And I was 
so intrigued by what they were saying about it in this current situation versus as just like a theoretical movie that I think I came, you know, finished my driveway moment and then came upstairs. This was back before Safer at Home. So we, uh, I was out and about and said, okay, let's, let's watch Contagion. Yeah. And then we did. And we did. And then we were just like, man, if, if we watch that, we should watch Outbreak. Might as well. So for you personally, what did watching both of these movies do? Was it a, a matter of they helped you process the, the difficult real situation by watching a fantasy version of it? Honestly, in some ways, yeah. I think they did. Um, I think we both had a moment at the beginning of Contagion, uh, full spoilers, by the way. Um, when yes, there, full spoilers for both of these films. Yes. Um, when there was a lot of coughing going on and they were focusing on what people were touching, where we both kind of looked at each other and said, did we mean to do this? Did we, do we still want to do this? It was also a day where we had worked a, quite a bit longer, I think, than we meant to. You made us a very nice meal of, uh, of pasta with the red sauce <laughs> and cheese. And, <laughs> and you were the one who pointed out, like, this might not be an eating movie. Oh, yeah. And yes, when uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, uh, The Flesh of Her Skull was being peeled back, that was like, yeah, I, I need to take a break from my pasta. Not an eating moment. Yeah, but, but yeah. for you. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I think aside from that check-in of like, oh, did we mean to do this? Honestly, yeah, it was, I did find it cathartic to kind of see like, oh, well, they're going through the who's touching, you know, whom and what, and oh, well, we've already done that. <laughs> and it was kind of, it was a weird, where are we in relation to this movie in real life and what feels real and what feels like, oh, that would never happen. And what, it just, it was, it was oddly cathartic. Yeah, I think for me, it ended up, there are definitely some moments where I had like, oh, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. uh, for both of them, but more for Contagion, because it's the first one, and it's a, the one that's more recent and a little bit more grounded. Uh, a little bit more grounded. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> that. Um, but I think I had those moments where it just it did feel nice to compare and contrast reality. Yeah. And there's, uh, I talk about so many pop culture movies I love and dig through the parables of, you know, something like Star Trek Picard that we just watched. And I'm like, well, Picard made that brave choice to risk his life to save blah, 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 blah. And in space and in crazy ways. But then I can relate that back to my life and go like, and if he can do that, I can send that email <laughs> <laughs> that I'm concerned about sending. So I'm used to kind of trying to use movies to motivate me or use them as a... Uh, uh, parables mm -hmm. and it, it's fascinating to watch a movie that is a an exact mirror of right now and go what parts of this seem like they're really dramatized for film what part of this they just couldn't imagine how the real world would actually respond what parts of this are we actually doing better than the people in the movie yeah. or which parts are like god i wish that was happening in real life that was a really cathartic way to process what's actually going on mm-hmm yeah yeah. Good choice. Good choices. So uh, I want to talk about the differences between them just a little bit and ask you which one you preferred. So uh, for me, Contagion is a, you know, 2011, more recent, and it feels to me like it is trying to be much more of a what if with some definite like human conflicts to motivate it, but very interested in a global pandemic. Let's look at how society would react in lots of different ways from riots to lockdowns to government response to you know financial manipulation and real what if mm -hmm. uh <laughs> outbreak yeah <laughs> uh 
that's a, there's a lot of, the world is saved by some helicopter chases. It's a little bit more heightened. It feels yeah. to me much more like it is a, a thriller that is using a, you know, far-fetched global pandemic as a tool mm -hmm. to, to have a kind of a daring army medical story. Yeah, like combination action movie slash human drama with some romance thrown in. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody has ever seriously asked themselves, all right, how would the world truly handle a global pandemic? Could Dustin Hoffman rescue us in a helicopter? Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not intended to be as much uh, about realism. Mm -hmm. So for you, which of those, which of the movies did you prefer? Mm. So there's things I like about both of them. I'd seen Outbreak before, so I've kind of had that. There are scenes of it that have stuck in my brain as they do with, you know, movies like this um, without kind of thinking about what movie it's from for a long time. So I have kind of that feeling um, of longevity. But just as a film, um, Contagion. I mean, I just, I think that there's something about the the realism aspect of it and the almost like uh, like we're looking at this as though it were a news story I mean not exactly but almost in that vein that um, just kind of appealed to my my senses more right now yeah is it because it gave you did Contagion give you more hope or was it just that it was more pleasing to process a pandemic in a more realistic way I mean, honestly, if you look at it in both movies, they try to shut down the person who ends up coming up with the cure. So <laughs> not a lot of hope in either for that direction. Uh, but the <laughs> but, cure, the great cure gets through fast. Uh, I get less fast in contagion, but it, it gets through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think you have to give hope. But I, I think, I, you know, honestly, part of it is I like a good mystery movie and a good mystery book and there is that kind of connect the dots with both of them um but we know as the viewers in outbreak what happened we know it came from the monkey we follow the course of the monkey we follow it so we know the um the path that the virus is taking right we don't know about the mutation until they're like oh this is why suddenly everybody is getting sick you know airborne but we follow it whereas with contagion Part of the movie is the mystery of where did this come from? It's tracking backwards. And I think, honestly, part of why that one appeals to me more is just that um, conceit. It, it is a good hook to start a movie that you know is about a global pandemic and start with the uh, Chiron on screen of day two. Mm -hmm. That makes you ask the whole movie about day one. And then mm -hmm. obviously it comes back around to that. Yeah, that's a really great point about the way that we we as the audience it, it's you know it's almost like the thing like <laughs> um it it reminds me in the strangest way of doing uh, children's theater which i did for uh several years <laughs> and doing you know things like uh, uh, uh three billy goats gruff where like i played the troll and the kids would be able to see what the troll was doing but the goats wouldn't and the kids would yell <laughs> you idiots the troll the troll he's right there the troll and we got to be like that about the monkey the monkey's right there right the monkey <laughs> uh for me i I, there's a part of me like, oh, what would have happened if we watched them in the other order? Mm, mm -hmm. But I think this was better for me because I think Contagion was a little 
I ultimately enjoyed it, but it was a little bit hard for me because it was a little bit more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And then Outbreak felt in a weird way like this, like just kind of return to fantasy land. To, to, there are definitely some things in Outbreak that are like, oh, that's an interesting discussion point and, and we'll talk about them. But it is so much more, like I said, Dustin Hoffman in a helicopter. He can save the world. Uh, that the fantasy of it was uh, strangely comforting. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, that's the world I remember. The mm-hmm. world that thinks a plague can be stopped with a helicopter chase. That's the world I'm used to. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned scenes that you remember. For either movie, is there a scene that is lodging in your mind? Oh, right now? Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like since watching both of them, just kind of some of the... Um, like I said, like the trace back moments with Contagion of just like the snapshots of kind of who touches what and yeah. how things are getting passed along uh, have absolutely stuck in my mind. Whereas with, with Outbreak, in terms of the ones kind of long term, it's been the um, well, the monkey, the the little girl seeing the monkey out the window, and then the the people in their full suits. Um, oh, that's the like, thing that's t- stuck has, with you over the years. Yeah. Yeah, and taking off their their helmet in the room. Yeah. 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 There are lots of things that stuck with me, but every Mm -hmm. time I just think, because we watched these a couple days ago, you know, knowing we were going to record, and every time I thought about recording, I immediately saw the scene in Outbreak where uh, inattentive dude who has uh, who has <laughs> gotten uh, the the virus from uh, not handling his scientific equipment well and it, uh, the vial breaks and blood explodes in his face because so, he's watching television. So already <laughs> not your favorite character. Mm-hmm. He's in the theater and he coughs and it shows the spittle flying. Oh, I... Part of it is because it's so weird because it's set in 1995. It's in this small town and they're watching like oldie time cartoons. They're watching like some black and white cartoons. Like, this seems like an awesome little theater. Uh, Mm -hmm. Too bad that everyone in it is going to get horribly sick. But they trace the spittle. Then they trace him trying to get out of the theater and everyone he touches and all the bits of popcorn and all that. And that was, even though Outbreak is much more of the over the top movie, that was the one that really drove home to me of the the quick path of how much why you need to contain like i think it mm-hmm. i think what it did is it brought me back from the intellectual understanding of yeah of course safer at home of course social distancing of course i get it it went from intellectual to made me feel it again and it made me feel like the next time i go outside i am going to be very like i'm going to imagine a, a little spit gobules <laughs> flying off people like that scene in Outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, kind of forgotten about that scene, maybe. Sorry. Sorry <laughs> for reminding you. No, 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 no. Because that was my reaction while I was watching it. It's just like, oh, oh, yes. This is all of our reminder that anything could happen at any time. And that's why we're all staying safer at home. Yeah. That is why I am not seeing James, the James Bond movie No Time to Die tonight as we record, as mm-hmm. I was supposed to. Um, so I wanted to talk about some different elements of both films and, and individual films, but we got to talk about this. In Contagion, there is a strong connection to uh, our long-term, uh, long-time hometown of Minneapolis. Yeah. So it all kind of begins with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. And Gwyneth Paltrow goes home to Matt Damon. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and then Western Minne- suburbs. Western suburbs, but then a lot of Minneapolis is featured. How did that affect you? I had no idea, and I I admit I'm always delighted to see Minneapolis um, on the big screen, as it were. It's it's not a town that's uh, used a lot or referenced a lot, and often when it is, it's um, kind of to make fun of it. And so it was like, oh, well, that's kind of a fun thing. So no, I just enjoyed it. Okay. And I enjoyed, you know, that it was winter and all of that. It was very realistic winter. It was. Like, you know, you'll see movies that use the the uh, winters, the harsh winters of the Midwest as a real, uh, you know, specific landscape. Like, you know, what was revolutionary about Fargo back in the day is it was sort of, let's set a noir in this really different looking place and these great shots of this long, unbroken snow that brings this sense of almost existential dread to you. Uh, so like there, I've seen like great sort of um, filmic winters, the uh, stylized winters. Mm-hmm. This is one of those just like, yep, that's snurt. Yep. The, the, you know, the word <laughs> you don't know unless you're from those, the combination of snow and dirt, snurt. Yep. That's Matt Damon walking by some snurt. So yep. it was very, very realistic in that way. I think there was a part of me that's like, oh, this is fun. It's really exciting to see. And then I was like, oh, well, this also is kind of annoying because I feel like Contagion's goal is to be like, we're very realistic. We're down to earth in humdrum. So we're going to go to a down to earth humdrum place like Minneapolis. And part of me was like, hey, screw you, Contagion. Well, I didn't take that away from it at all. I did have the moment, though, when they were, when Gwyneth Paltrow was on her way home. And this probably actually was the Chicago airport, not the Minneapolis airport, but she's sitting at the bar touching the bowl of peanuts. And I was like, oh, don't unpick the Minneapolis airport. That's like one of my favorite airports. (laughs) Uh, Because it is, Uh, because it's a nice, clean, you know, better airport than many it's a great airport yep yeah it yeah is, so yeah um and along those lines that was it was, it's always fun to see uh minneapolis uh on screen and and to see like anytime anybody gets to see a place they're super familiar with on screen of like how accurate is it in terms of the movements and all mm-hmm. that but this one was extra exhilarating slash scary because once gwyneth paltrow had spread the virus uh, there was a person that they're trying to track down who was on a bus and they said the exact intersection he was at when they demanded for him to get off, uh, which is Lake and Lindale. Ah! And uh, I think I said out loud because I was caught up enough in the movie. I knew it was fake, but a part of me clearly didn't because I just said out <laughs> loud, don't go to the Brian Lake Bowl. Uh, and for people from Minneapolis, longtime listeners will uh, will well know what the Bryant Lake Bowl is. But for people who, who don't know, Bryant Lake Bowl is an awesome uh, combination restaurant, bar, bowling alley, theater. Mm-hmm. It's been in Minneapolis for many, many years. And it is, in fact, where Obsessed started. Yeah. Started doing Obsessed as a live show at Bryant Lake Bowl. So, <laughs> and it's a place that just, it's meant a ton to me over the years. And spent a lot of that time there. There's still a picture of uh, me in the bathroom, strangely, at the Brian Lake Bowl mm-hmm. um, that they put up on purpose. That's a whole other yeah. story. Anyway, <laughs> but it, it was it was really effective in that I immediately had the panic of what is very close to that intersection that's so close to my heart. And it's like, Gwyneth Paltrow, if you give the virus to Brian Lake <laughs> Bowl, I'm going to be so pissed. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that was, I I did not have that because you shouted it out, so I got to have it through you, but I did that, like, ah, but, but our friends are probably on that bus or standing at those <laughs> intersections, don't give it to them. My friend uh, used to go there almost every day and read a book and have a beer, and it's like, you yeah, leave him alone? That's right. <laughs> we have friends who live near there, don't yeah. touch them. Don't. We could be going there for a show tonight, Gwyneth Paltrow, in, in 2011, we had many shows there. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. We did. I did also really like the reality of the Matt Damon and his daughter trying to escape to Wisconsin. Yes. Was uh, actually one of the moments that did stick with me in particular, uh, trying to get over the bridge to Wisconsin and just that like, nope, you can't get into Wisconsin today kind yeah. of thing. Wisconsin's locked down. That's yeah. Right. They, like a Sunday when people from Minnesota used to be trying to get <laughs> liquor sales. Right. Yeah. Being blocked from Wisconsin where people would go for that. Uh, let's talk about some of the kind of big picture things in both movies. Yeah. Uh, I saw people talking on social media about both films, kind of uh, about the government response, mm -hmm. because I think that is one of the obvious things to uh, hold a mirror up to what's going on in the real world. So in Outbreak, uh, the individual military heroes really made a difference. It really was about Dustin Hoffman bucking orders. A very classic American, uh, I'm, I'm the good guy who can cut through the red tape and the corruption and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Contagion, uh, the government seems to be mobilizing a decent response. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's portrayed with lots of, um, obviously, grim moments of can't fully contain uh, rioting. And once they do have a cure, they have to, you know, do the lottery based on birthdays. But, like, you're watching that and, like, eh, that, that seems decent. Mm -hmm. It was my response. How did how did you respond to seeing those different government responses? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was really interesting because you've got the different responses of those two movies. You've got what we have now. And in California, Safer at Home has been so much a thing. Um, I feel like I'm a little uh, jingle, except I'm not singing with the number of times that I've said Safer at Home already on this podcast. <laughs> um I, You're not being paid I'm by Big paid. Safer at Home. No. It's just, you know, you like humanity and think I we do. should all live. I do. Um, and that wasn't a thing that they seemed to get to in either movie. So it's like, ah, we're doing well because we've got Safer at Home. Um, <laughs> we do not seem to have, you know, like looting in grocery stores. So yay for that. Um, yeah, I thought it was, you know, in Outbreak, it was so much more the military response um, because Dustin Hoffman, by bucking what he was supposed to do, kind of gotten away what the CDC was doing, which I know is its kind of own thing. And um, and then I, I'm, I'm honestly um, blank for a moment. If it was the lady from the WHO, the World Health Organization, I think that was in Contagion where she got kind of um, kidnapped, basically, until the, her, the, um, the village got yes, their so uh, immune, their... Got their, What's it called? Va vaccine. Their vaccine. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely a reflection of uh, real world things that are bubbling of uh, different uh, socioeconomic politics involved in who gets treatment and how. Yeah, yeah. So I felt like um, it was it was very interesting, and it was also told a little bit more in in some aspects on the contagion side of it. I felt from like the CDC WHO perspective than necessarily the government perspective. Yeah. Um, which is just interesting because it's so much the conversation that we are actually having now in this moment of what are what is the national government doing, uh, whether here in the U.S. or in other countries, what are 
state government's doing, what our county government's doing, what our city government's doing. Um, there's just so many different levels. And I feel like that conversation uh, probably was too detailed and full of minutia to really be the focus. I didn't feel like it was ultimately the focus of either movie. Yeah, I don't. Well, or I think it focus. was the focus of Outbreak in that it was a little bit more tied into the military or the bad mm-hmm. guys, which we'll talk about. Um, but, well, let me ask you this about Contagion. Yeah. I feel like Contagion is trying to, while not being a six hour long movie, trying to examine a lot of different elements of like, of how, how we'd react from the personal, from the sort of a socio economic to the rioting to all, all these different kinds of elements to the mm-hmm. chasing down the actual virus to the the subplot about uh jude law trying to profit by getting uh, by convincing people there's a fake drug there's kind of a funny dated part of it where jude law has incredible power because his blog is very popular which <laughs> which amused me because there's some things yeah. in 2011 haven't changed at all and the power of a blog has certainly changed. Yes, and that nobody would take some sort of social media star, since that's what he was, seriously. Yeah, but he was yeah. like, my blog, I can reach millions with my blog. And, and like, like, yeah. <laughs> we have the news. Now it would be like, with my Snapchat. I yeah. can. Uh, anyway, my point being, I feel like Contagion makes the choice to portray the government is mostly just facilitating what health organizations recommend yeah actually actually and i had totally forgotten the great scene in minneapolis um in film minneapolis where you've got the different parts of government being like well whose budget is this coming out of larry (laughs) it's so accurate (laughs) it was so accurate that was the part that i think really stung because it it is the real real world thing of like well uh, yeah no i understand there's a virus and people are dying but like i got a big meeting next week like yeah. that that inability to comprehend everything has to stop right now. Yeah. And yes, we need people to set all of this up, but like but who's going to pay for it cuz we have to pay the bill right now? Yeah. And you know, so yeah, actually I I had kind of forgotten about some of that cuz I think I was focusing on other parts of it, but I do feel like it 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 portrayed it um yeah, more accurately. Did you did it make you feel bad about our our American government's real response to see a response that seemed more to listen to the CDC. and It and... seemed more streamlined in <laughs> contagion. Because you know what? You work for city government, and I. For, this is the first time I've ever felt like you and my wife are talking to, my, to me like we were at a board meeting. <laughs> um, that was talking very as political. A, thank you, thank you. Speaking as a private citizen... Uh, <laughs> No, it, I think, and maybe that's part of it. I mean, yes, we did see, we didn't know exactly who people were working for. I think certainly some of them were intended to be like city or county um, employees. The the one lady who is always kind of pushing back and being slightly difficult. But maybe that's part of why we didn't get it is because it did feel like there was a response and a, maybe a little bit of leeway given to the CDC of saying like, yes, this is a big deal. Yes, contain it in these spaces where it is because we don't want everyone to die. And so therefore you didn't get as much of the, not even red tape, but just the like, who are we supposed to listen to? Yeah. Which I feel like is one of the um, the issues nationally uh, that we are having right now. Yeah. And I think for me, and then we will move on, but I think the part that was a little bit of a stab 
uh, which has only gotten more so since we watched it, is the assumption in this more kind of po-faced, serious what-if movie that, yeah, the government would just want to facilitate it not killing as many people, and the profiteering would happen from a blogger, <laughs> as opposed to the profiteering potentially happening by the government. And just that, that assumption that, like, well, yeah, I mean, come on, everybody can kind of agree the government would just try to stop people from dying, right? Like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to something perhaps happier. <laughs> Solutions. Uh, in both movies, the solution is science. Uh, in both movies, uh, I would say that the, everything is dramatized by the uh, virus working really, really fast, right? Right. So people dying extremely quickly um, to speed up the drama of the mm-hmm. movie, obviously. Uh, but in both, the solution is a vaccine. In Contagion, uh, the government, or I guess different organizations and individuals take risks, risks the government included, to fast track it, right? Right. Uh, so it's all kind of through a process, but we show dire times calling for, you know, dire measures where people are skipping, like, the trials. Oh, totally. And, and, and injecting themselves as... Doctors injecting themselves as test subjects and skipping trial. So it's certainly dramatized, but it's, you know, fast-tracked through all of that. Mm-hmm. And then in Outbreak, uh, the solution was de- delivered by a helicopter chase and <laughs> shooting a monkey with a trank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like you do. <laughs> both science, but science delivered in slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which resonated with you and why? <laughs> Oh wow! I mean, both. I would, I would love for the, you know, our our current situation to be fixed with a helicopter chase and a, you know, a friendly monkey. A friendly monkey. That'd be great. It's not going to happen. I mean, I think, I think they both, they both resonated in different ways, and also I think both very much felt like those were the movie moments. Of, of the movies where, like, the doctor getting, giving herself the shot is, I mean, maybe that happens more often than we know. But um, but those felt to me almost the most, like, the movie moments. The most dramatized. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it really got into that what if, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of, you know, how, how desperate would people get if yeah. things were this bad? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, think I, I was very... One of the things that made me happy about watching these was just seeing that commitment to science. That they both had, a, in their own weird way, this commitment to science. Mm-hmm. But I that also drove home that these movies are both about how fast can we, how perhaps unrealistically fast can we find a vaccine. Contagion does a lot to mitigate it, but still it's skipping all of the trials and things that we're I assume everybody's still talking about doing in real life. Um, but that the I, I think what it drove home is that we are far beyond containment. Mm-hmm. That both of them have a sort of murder mystery element, contagion more so, but the monkey is a murder mystery that they're, they have whiteboards and they're trying to track. And like the fact that we are far beyond any idea of, ooh, if we could just track down the first three people, we could blah, blah, blah. Maybe there's something I misunderstand. I am not knowledgeable about this stuff other than watching movies and too much CNN. So, (laughs) grain of salt. But Mm -hmm. I think that was what was uh, validating to me that it was all about science. Yeah. And a part of me was, like, 
sad <laughs> that we're far beyond the, ooh, if we could track down where it started, we could find the solution. Uh, and then another part of me kind of proud that we are having this stay at safer at home solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I did the fact that it did come down to science. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of science. <laughs> Let me state that proudly. Um, but the fact that there was that, like, no, this is the only way to actually stop this is to do the science, whether or not you do the questionable, you know, kind of Hollywood moments of helicopter chases or injecting yourself. Um, and who knows what actually goes on behind the scenes. Um, but it was in real life, I mean. Yeah. Um, or on movie sets. Uh, but I did like that focus on that. Yeah. And in some ways, and I think that's one of the things that I had heard about Contagion before I watched it was like that this gave people hope. And um, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective until I heard people say that, that like, yeah. oh, maybe this is a hopeful movie because there is a vaccine that gets found. Yeah. Um, and society manages to hang together. Yeah. And they show a lot of duress in that movie of, you know, riots mm -hmm. over food and things yes, like that. And, mm -hmm. uh, restricted movement. I So I guess uh, what I wanted to ask is... How do you feel about, the, in the real world, we are mitigating until science uh, comes along mm -hmm. in terms of uh, a far-off vaccine or, like, the science of testing? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about that, that we are in this sort of in-between phase? Yeah. Well, I do ask all of my friends who are scientists or do anything remotely related to science or labs, uh, like, hey... So are you guys going to be the ones to figure this all out? <laughs> I have asked at least two friends that in the last week and a half. Uh, and... I'm just going to start using that as my greeting <laughs> when I see people on video calls. Are you going to be the one to figure this out? Yeah, and Do you I... have a helicopter? Do you know Dustin Hoffman? Right. I think they're a little bit like, Sarah, not what I do. You don't quite get it, <laughs> uh, which is fine. But um, at least one of them did say that one of the companies that they used to be affiliated with is one of the companies that have, is actively trying to find a vaccine. And I think it's, it is just one of those, you try and you try and you try. Yeah. But um, I was happy to see that. And, you know, it's, I'm going to keep asking everybody, hey, are you going to be the one to figure this out? It's a very hopeful, honest uh, <laughs> question to ask people. So in both movies, uh, the solution was science, but that science was only found by breaking the rules. Uh, super big, obvious, you know, helicopter adventure. Like, literally, uh, Dustin Hoffman almost being shot down by the military, super big, you know, court martial breaking the rules. And then yes. in Contagion, a little bit more of the uh, uh, calm down real world, uh, the doctor choosing to inject herself with what she, to, to find out more quickly mm -hmm. if the vaccine worked, and then the government fast tracking. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm going to say an outbreak. Also, uh, I mean, I know this is how the military works, but the person who is trying to shoot down Dustin Hoffman, not doing so with the best of intentions. No. He had zero interest in containing the virus other than firebombing a city. He was a bad, mean person, yes. and we don't like him. With not what, trustworthy judgment. No. Um, so. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad thing to do, Kiefer Sutherland's dad. <laughs> um. The other thing I thought that was interesting in Contagion is that they um, shut down who was allowed to actually test this vaccine or this um, virus when right. they realized 
how virulent virulent this virus was. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. But the uh, the person who actually found the vaccine kind of figured out that he could find it, and he was um, not the high enough level of um, security, I think, for his lab. Right, right, right. He was right. supposed to burn it, but he actually didn't found um, the vaccine or figured it out. And so I kind of like that side of it too. Even though You're like, right. That's the total beginning of the super, super rule breaking. Yeah. 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 So I, I enjoyed that. How did you interpret, how, how, how does that work with your imagination of the real world? Like you're, because you are in general, if I may generalize about my wife and you mm -hmm. can correct me, you are somebody who listens to the rules, reads things all the way through and obeys things. You're a structural, functional kind of human being. <laughs> how do you, do you feel like that's just a Hollywood presentation, no matter how trying to be down to earth, that solutions are only found by being exceptional and breaking the rule and defying the man and, and doing the thing that you know in your heart is right? Is that just a Hollywoodism? Or is there a part of you that feels like in order to accomplish something in a dire time you might need to cut through the red tape you might need to break rules oh i mean the latter i think it's both i don't think that you can only find solutions by going out on your own and you know breaking the rules i think that sometimes process can lead to discoveries i i don't think that it's um an all or nothing scenario but i do think that there are times where probably rules do need to be broken or are broken. And I don't think that's, um, I feel like this was a good fictional example of that. Yeah. Do you feel like the difference is knowledge? Because the, the examples of rule breaking that were shown in Outbreak there, it's much more of a thriller in an action movie. So they're, they're escalated to, Oh, I broke a rule to try to save the whole world and Kiefer Sutherland's dad is going to try to kill me. <laughs> um, but in Contagion, it really is a matter of you. The doctor was told not to do that because he didn't have the clearance, but he already, he had the knowledge, right? Yeah. He wasn't going off rogue and crazy. He was just disobeying a cease and desist, basically. Yeah. And I feel like, and I might be misremembering on this, that I don't know if it was just kind of his own blind optimism or if they showed us anything that he felt like he had an in. Yeah, like, I think I he felt like he had ideas. Yeah, like I don't think it was just a like, oh, you've been given this project and then you're told not to do it because you don't actually have clearance. But I feel like there was a connection where he f or maybe they had even said like, oh, if anybody can break it, he's the one who can break it. And then he didn't have a secure enough facility. So he's told he couldn't work on it. And I feel like that is the type of situation where you, I mean, maybe this is just me having watched too many movies and read too many books, but I feel like sometimes you do need that combination of creativity and knowledge. Yeah. And sometimes it does take the right person. And I just not like, but duh, you are always going to be like the person who's struck by lightning. But sometimes I think that that is... I, to me, it doesn't feel horribly unrealistic. I don't work in the scientific community, so I might be 100% wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And I did forget about that element in Contagion where the motivation for shutting it down is you don't have tight enough security. So mm -hmm. it was taking a risk with other people's lives. Yeah, yeah. And with his own and, yeah, like he could transmit it because it was such a highly t contagious virus. Yeah. Um, 
So I felt like that was more realistic than the doctor self-injecting herself. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Okay, but <laughs> watching these movies did not fundamentally change your opinion on whether or not we should uh, all be uh, rule breakers when we are convinced we have the solution. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd, I'd say I'm much more of a gray person than a black and white person, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's, gray includes a lot of, a lot of rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just find it fascinating because I, I do think that I, I so value individuality and mm-hmm. being brave and strong in that, but I think it can be quickly subverted into, you know, uh, thinking we're all we all are the ones who secretly have the answer. And then that will lead us away from community. And, and I feel like what we're experiencing right now in real life is one of, in some ways, the like best moments of coming together that I have ever seen that I can imagine of everybody. So many people getting the idea of this. You're not just staying at home for yourself. You are staying at home for everyone. Cause we're all in this together. We are all part of the organism. Yeah. That is humanity. And that, and the the part of me that is inspired by that kind of kicks back against, do we always have to tell the story that the only way to solve something is by one or two daring rebels breaking the rules? Because right now, for Safer at Home, I don't want daring rebels breaking the rules. I want us all to stay at home because we're helping one another by doing that. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, but I think when you are the person who is actively dealing with the virus... That's a very different then, situation. Then yes. that is, I mean, I think maybe what it's, maybe the lesson we can take away from this, if we want to take a lesson <laughs> from this moment, is that there are times for for the rules and the structure to exist in dealing with highly contagious diseases. <laughs> it's a time for rules and structure to exist. We don't want any old person just being like, ha ha, I've decided I've come up with a better solution for polio. I'm just going to carry it with me to my home. Right. Uh, but I'm going to stop at the grocery store on the way home. I don't want people being like, I watched Contagion. I got this. <laughs> right. Right. So I feel like there's, we, we need to kind of know there's a time and a place for both. Like artistic inspiration or scientific inspiration are wonderful and should be valued, but also shouldn't always be the rule of the law, especially when dealing with highly contagious diseases. Yeah. Okay. Right, so when you, I think lesson. that's, I think that's solid. When you next talk to people who work in the science field and you ask them, are you the one who's working on fixing this? Uh-huh. Uh, are you going to follow up with, are you going to break the rules, man? I will. Well, I'll be like, so I watch contagion. What level <laughs> is your, uh, are you a PS3, a PS4, a PL, whatever? Uh, yeah. See, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> a PS4 is uh, where I played uh, <laughs> Battlefront 2. They'll be like, yeah, Sarah. Are you going to save the world? Are you a PS4? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, biological level, right? Hazard? Yeah. BLT4? Yeah, I can't. Anyway, <laughs> just to be super, super clear, we're two people who largely work in the arts and cultures yep. talking about two movies we saw. Yes. We are not uh, remotely knowledgeable uh, when we it comes to science. scientists. Uh, let's talk a little bit about motivations because this has come up a couple times. So in Outbreak, uh, the bad guy's motivation is holding on to a military bioweapon, right? They were aware that a strain of this virus existed. They have it. They have the anti. Uh, the, they have the vaccine. They think they're they're real cocky about. We don't want anybody to discover this because we want to hold on to our biological weapon. Then it mutates and everything everything goes sideways. 
and then in Contagion, uh, we're shown a couple of different bad actors, but it's mostly, to my recollection, people being worried about money or trying to profit. Yeah, yeah, that I can remember. Yeah. So mm -hmm. did either of those resonate with you more? Or did it strike you that the bad guy motivations, like in a virus movie, the bad guy's kind of the virus, but they both <laughs> went, made an effort to create some human villains with human motivations. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I would say, and maybe this is just my, um, the part of the the kind of cover-up in Outbreak that resonated with me, I know it is actually about, or was about the, um, you know, having the bio weapon. But to me, it was also about trying to cover up what had happened. Right. So this sort of denial. Yeah. Like this is a cover up. Only two of us know what actually happened and or maybe more, but not that many more. So we're trying to do a cover up and, you know, kind of save our skin. And to me, honestly, that felt way too realistic. Yeah, that felt realistic and also like pleasantly dated because of the power of social media yeah. like yes because yeah. like yeah when it was made in 1995 yeah it's it's believable enough that you might have been able to lock down a small town yeah with nobody able and a total media blackout on and what total was going media on blackout. in the town you try to lock down the smallest town in america and hundreds of mfers uh -huh. <laughs> are all up on Twitter yeah. going, government trucks are rolling in. What is this bullshit? Here are 87 videos. Here's me confronting <laughs> Kiefer yeah. Sutherland's dad. Right, right. Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Uh, it, and that, in a way, gave, made me happy. To uh, is one of the good things, one of the powers of social media. Of it mm -hmm. is harder for the government or any bad actor to do things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. In terms of contagion, the sort of profiteering, mm -hmm. the profiteering, and I would say the people wanting to deny that things had to stop or that things had to change. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think denying how far it had gone, how quickly. Yes. I, I feel like there is a, a big element of that as well. Yeah. Which I guess isn't really a bad actor. It's more just denial. Yeah. So did that affect you uh, differently in that it was a little bit more close to home? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It uh, felt closer to home. <laughs> um, in, and in particular, just in the like um, both modern way, but also kind of very classic way of Jude Law's character. I don't remember if he was actually sick or faking that he was sick, but he didn't actually have the virus. And he said he did, but they did the test on him and he didn't have it. Right. Um, and so and just that. And vlog. Yeah. yeah. And just that kind of um, snake oil salesman of like, here, I've got a, you know, a malady and I've got a cure and <laughs> da, da, right da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. That is um, painfully felt, timeless. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what really affected me about. Um, Outbreak being even more of a fantasy and even more of a thriller. Uh, there's so much storytelling in the early 90s, um, in, in really through the mid-90s, that it, you, you can track such an immediate change in American storytelling from the uh, end of the Cold War. Mm -hmm. Because through uh, so much storytelling, particularly in the 80s, the bad guy is the outside, the Russians, the fear of invasion coming in and seeping in. And 
very, very quickly, all sorts of storytelling starts to emerge. That's what if our government is doing something that 10 years ago in a movie, the Russians would have been responsible for. That's like the backbone of X-Files. There's a significant shift in Star Trek in the way the Federation is portrayed. Is perhaps, what if the rod is coming from within? And then a movie like Outbreak, just if you're you know writing a, a essay about pop culture reflection of socio-political realities in the 90s, it was so in line with that that in a way it 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 made it feel even more like i understand this i can diagnose this i can put it in a box this is a movie from the 90s mm-hmm. whereas contagion had much more of that oh boy yeah you know how can i how, how can i process this mm-hmm. and is this will it be able to set back you know in time 2011 is a fairly long time ago now but since it's reflecting reality of like is this uh, I hadn't thought about it, how timeless it is, of the huckster selling the the cure-all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. So it was it was that contrast between the two of them was stark. That one felt sort of like was dealing with modern enough issues that I couldn't fully, quickly analyze it versus the other was like, yes, I've literally written papers about exactly what's happening in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would like to, in our discussion of uh virus movies yeah move on to the topic of marriage (laughs) (laughs) this is one of the things that struck me the most about these two movies is that in order to motivate the human drama because it's not dramatic enough to fight a virus in order to motivate the human drama both of them have failing marriages at their core uh, mm-hmm. so we got divorce in Outbreak. That is the emotional spine of the movie that Dustin Hoffman doesn't want Renee Rousseau to divorce him. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she comes around to him, which we will talk about. Uh, and then in Outbreak, there's this, uh, or no, other way around, uh, in Contagion, mm-hmm. there's this really, uh, to me, troubling moralizing that right at the beginning, it's all about Gwyneth Paltrow cheating. And it's even a little bit of an implication that, like, maybe she picked up the virus from the guy that she cheated with. Mm-hmm. And it's about Matt Damon having to find out, like, yeah, your wife and uh, your stepchild are, are dead, but also she cheated on you. Mm-hmm. So how did how did, did, did that those those were those things were screaming to me while I was watching the movie? How did they affect you? <laughs> <laughs> Did I need to tee up that question better? Is that too open-ended? Um, so here's the thing. I mean, in Contagion, I didn't feel like Matt Damon's character was surprised. No, I, I mean, he not was, that he, he, he was, was bummed more out. resigned. It was like he got pulled over because his uh, tabs were out of date, and he's like, yeah, I know. God damn it. Yeah. Not that that makes it any better or easier or anything like that, but I... It didn't feel like a like whiplash shocker. I'm like, what? I had no idea. Um, but more like, uh, yeah, maybe this is what happened. Darn it. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, granted, his wife and stepson who just uh, passed away, you know, in horrible conditions, and he's terrified for his daughter. So uh, he's not, you know, he's he's in shock. Yeah. Honestly, 
I think. Yeah, and they show him kind of rebound, and and he he. I think I think what I wrestle with in Contagion. Yeah. And then we'll go back to Outbreak. What I wrestle with in Contagion is, um, hey, having human drama in the midst of a virus is is fascinating because it's real, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if we started with Matt Damon, it was all from Matt Damon's perspective, and his wife just came home and she got sick, and then he found out that she was cheating. It would be about Matt Damon, right? And it would be about how do you handle the world is falling apart. I'm trying to keep my daughter safe and I have these emotions. Like, how am I supposed to process that? My wife just died. She has a hor- had a horrible virus and she was cheating on me. Mm-hmm. That would have been about the human drama. Starting with the perspective of Gwyneth Paltrow is like, it's the first bit of information that we learn about her at the beginning of the movie is she is grossly sick and she just hours ago cheated on her husband. And we learn mm-hmm. this right at the beginning of the movie, which thematically ties a virus to cheating. And <laughs> then we, the, the answer of the movie ends up being Gwyneth Paltrow wasn't patient zero, but she was the one who picked it up and touched all of the other people who brought it to London in different parts of America. And like it's, the end of the movie is cheating lady did this up to a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you tie on to that, that what the, one of the dramas going on with Matt Damon is trying to stop his daughter from <laughs> touching her boyfriend. It, it, it was weird for me to, for the movie to throw out all of these things that you could potentially moralize about that without really addressing them. Mm. Here's what, here's the simplest way to say it. Yeah. In some ways you could read it as a... Garden of Eden, Gwyneth Paltrow, Eve bit the apple, and then all this shit happened. <laughs> it to me, it I don't I don't think that was necessarily the intention, but in terms of like analyzing the movie, it opens yeah. the door to that without having anything to say about that. So I think that's that's what it, it felt to me like. I I thought I was watching a movie about a virus, and I feel like I may be watching a movie of that's sort of um, sex shaming. Not that I think yeah. I'm going to say this to you, my wife. Yeah. I don't think cheating is right. <laughs> I'm against it. Good to know. Thank yeah. you. Uh, but the combination that she, you know, is the starting point and there's all this cheating stuff. And then Matt Damon's drama is got to keep my, my daughter away from that guy who wants to touch her. Yeah. Like, uh, anyway. Yeah. I'll be honest. I, it, that as a theme didn't track me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, uh, maybe I just shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's fascinating and interesting. I kind of, I kind of just forgot about the guy in Chicago. I mean, he's very much there at the beginning and is a teaser, but then there, he's like, why does he have this too? And then you just kind of don't hear about him again. And a lot of the people who got sick in Chicago were people she interacted with in the airport. And, um, yeah. And the, I think my biggest touching reaction from either movie, uh, cause I was gonna say it's from contagion, but I'm remembering now it's from outbreak is the person was very sick and then got off the plane and kissed his girlfriend. And I made you stop the movie. And I turned to you and said, if I'm ever that sick, do not kiss me. 
<laughs> I, I will say this about both films too. I think they overplayed their makeup hand because Gwyneth Paltrow looks way too sick right at the beginning for me. Because yeah. it's really awkward. I think that's part of the reason that the whole cheating thing lodged in is it start the movie and like she looks so sick and then she has the call with the guy and is like, oh well, yeah, we just had sex like an hour ago. Like looking like that? How did that happen? Doesn't you can have sex no matter how you look. <laughs> I think you said that so quietly, it's probably not going to actually pick up on the microphones. <laughs> you can have sex no matter how you look. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, oh, definitely. Like, it was comic in Outbreak. How yeah. much they were like, uh, my eyes are entirely red and my body is made of sweat. And kiss I can't me. stop coughing and I might throw up in your mouth, but kiss me anyway. Yeah, that no. was, no. No, no, don't worry. If I ever look like that, yeah. uh, kissing is not going to be my priority. Yeah, yeah. And same for me. If I look like that, call a doctor. <laughs> Get me water or something. I will do all of those things. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, the... I. It didn't make me hate Contagion. I just, it, watching it was a good reminder for me of my own opinions about movies and my own opinions about storytelling is, especially in the beginning of a film, when you offer details, they are like guideposts to meaning. Mm -hmm. they're, they're like, follow this path. And if you offer something as meaningful as, the cheating lady gave the virus to everybody then I'm going to follow that path and, and go, What what is the meaning of that? Mm. So for me, one of the meanings that came from it, which we got at the very end, is she's a representative of a big company. We don't know doing exactly what, but they're opening their big plant or building or something in Hong Kong. So to me, it was the like, oh, the mean capitalist lady who's doing things that maybe she shouldn't be doing uh, environmentally, when at the end we see them cutting down all of uh, these palm trees, uh, that sh that uh, so maybe it is uh, my own bias coming from that. That was no, my focus. I think I probably got distracted by the cheating at the beginning, so I didn't see the uh, clearer meaning at the end that that you clearly did. Well, I'm also going to just uh, do a quick throwback to our 300th episode or your 300th episode last week uh, when I commented that as a writer, I feel like some of the themes. Uh, you do pick up on, which is fantastic. And I am very much along for the ride. And if I'm on the crest of the wave, I might have forgotten where the wave started. <laughs> that I, that's a that's a great way to say it. But I do t really take your point that I, I, there is a lot in Contagion. And I, I think I was so caught up in some of this and caught up in the sort of real life mechanics of that day one reveal mm -hmm. that the, this is where the virus came from and Gwyneth Paltrow eats this dish and then she is glad handing everybody in the restaurant at her business meeting. I was so consumed with the physical touch of it mm -hmm. that I didn't see the more uh, critique of corporate interests mm -hmm. that you did. So thank you. That That is just my perspective. Who knows? Okay. Let's talk about marriage in Outbreak. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so this is much more explicit of uh, Dustin Hoffman doesn't want to get divorced. We get a lot more just story time. It, it, it's yeah. a more traditional uh, linear narrative. Mm -hmm. uh, he's shown... Uh, he, what I feel like is going on is Renee... It's a kind of very typical movie that mm, got some grumbles with of Renee Rousseau loves him, but he's so difficult. 
because he's pushy and demanding. And then as the movie goes on, we discover that him being pushy and demanding is what saves the whole world because he is pushy and demanding about finding the real solution. Uh, he saves her life because mm-hmm. she has been infected. And then there's the implication that they're going to get back together. And I, I'm paraphrasing here because the exact lines uh, I, I didn't write down uh, about how he's kind of apologizing for being too much. And then there's, I can't remember if he says it or she says it, that, oh, well, I've developed antibodies to you. (laughs) Remember? No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, vaguely, but... I can't remember if he offers it or she offers it, but the the, uh, implication is the idea that, yeah, you're a bit much... But I've developed the antibodies yeah, to I you. I remember that. Um, which there's a whole host of things to talk about there. But yeah. all I really want to ask is, do you feel that you have developed the antibodies to me? I feel like that. <laughs> okay, here's where I'm just going to say, I'm not a scientist. I don't, I mean, antibodies are like that you repel something. Well, it's like that you so can be want... around it now, right? Like you're you're safe to be around it. But I don't feel like I got sick from you before. <laughs> I guess I in- interpreted it, and I might be full of crap. Uh, I interpreted it as the idea of, yes, you have some qualities that are hard to deal with, but I am prepared to deal with. I have the defenses to deal with your less than admirable qualities. Yeah. Yeah, she's also not leaving Atlanta. She just got the head, one of the head jobs at the CDC, and he's right. staying wherever he is. Like, so you're, you're writing Outbreak 2 in your mind, and you're like, there's no way. Rene Russo is keeping those dogs. Uh, Dustin Hoffman can go out for drinks with Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, I mean, maybe she'll be like, okay, I've developed antibodies. You can have the dogs back. But, um, I mean, she's, she's staying in Atlanta. And <laughs> my... I feel you've developed some antibodies (laughs) to the movie Outbreak, is what I am learning. Um, For you, with both of these movies, uh, reflecting back on the real world, what didn't they predict compared to our actual experience right now? Safer at home. (laughs) I mean, I I feel like I've made that almost a joke, but I do feel like that's true because um, people are out and about. It goes it feels to go from in the movie version fairly quickly from um, there might be something going on that's not good to looting and mass chaos. Yeah. And it's kind of zero to 100. Granted, people also are dying within like 48 hours. So yeah. it, everything is heightened. It is a movie. Um, yeah. So but I just like say. the power of mitigation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eventually there seems to be like, it seems to be like Matt Damon and his daughter are, are you know, locked inside and there's that, but not yeah. before things like mass exodus to Wisconsin, which isn't any better and all yeah. that. Yeah. And, and they don't really give a sense, or maybe I just don't remember, is that just Matt Damon and his daughter doing that or are other people doing that? And yeah, maybe I just assumed because that's our thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the... What was interesting for me mm-hmm. that these movies, maybe they weren't trying to guess, but I found it culturally fascinating of, in, in my perspective, when the dime dropped for us in real life mm. was culturally what stopped. 
Mm-hmm. It, you know, because there was that night that uh, Trump gave the really stilted, awful uh, speech, but and at the exact same time, it was revealed that Tom Hanks uh, and his wife uh, Rita were had coronavirus, and uh, NBA was shut down after the player who had the hubris to mock it and touch all the microphones. Mm-hmm. You know, and then kind of moments after that, like, oh no, 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 Disneyland is closing. It, there is some there's a power to our relationship to culture yeah and the fact that cultural institutions were closing is what made everybody take it seriously and that was like yeah you know maybe it's never something a virus movie would have thought to think about because to your point they want to speed past the like were there moments where society could could do anything and just have it be a fast virus and it's out of control before anybody can even stop to think about it. But I thought that was really fascinating in real life of like, I'm no matter what you love, right? You're like, if I love James Bond, I'm going to take this seriously because the James Bond movie got postponed. If you love sports, you're like, damn, this, if the sports can stop, this is serious. And like our weird relationship with fame, if Tom Hanks can get it, Mm-hmm. And like all these different aspects of, I feel like it wasn't anything from the government. It wasn't anything from listening to scientists. Mm-hmm. For me, I shouldn't say it wasn't anything because everybody has their different perspective. But for me, in terms of observing the larger culture, it was the fact that every aspect of culture, large culture, turned to us and said, you have no choice but to take this seriously. Because yeah. unimaginably large cultural things are taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, for me also with the real world, it was when it wasn't just large events that were canceled, like South by Southwest, Coachella, but when the decision came down, at least here in California, of no, we're closing all restaurants, we're closing all movie theaters. Right. It's not the like, oh, each place should decide what they're going to do or they can have people seated every other seat. But no, everything is closed. Yeah. Um, but that was a, like, okay, this is this is really serious. Yeah, that's like structural government response for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even mean like for me, it wasn't necessarily about the government response, but just that level of this is the level of impact we're having on your day-to-day life and on your cultural life. Um and also, you know, I mean, I, you know this because you are married to me. I don't watch a lot of sports games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> putting it that way for fun. Uh, you know, because at first there was the whole like, oh, well, we'll just have fan-free games. Right, right. And I feel like everybody's like, oh, this is a great way to do this. Like, we'll have the games. And then there was like, no, 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 we can't because then... All of the players, the players are, are sick and infecting yeah. each other. And that was the other big like, oh, yeah, this is everybody. This is everything is shut down. I am going to save for historical posterity the emails I got from places like our, our beloved local uh, movie theater in, in Chains, many places, Arclight, going, here's our new plan. The seating's going to be every other aisle in that brief window where like the world can kind of grind up. Nope. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a fascinating time to be alive. Final question for the main uh, part of the podcast. Yeah. If you had to be isolated with any of the characters from either of these movies, who would you pick? Oh, my gosh. 
Remembering that uh, neither of us know any of the characters' names and are only referring to them by the actor names. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> um, wow. I mean, Renee Rousseau would be an option, although she got Ooh. sick. I don't want to get sick. But she has antibodies to Dustin Hoffman. She does. Uh, I feel like Matt Damon showed some pretty good sense. Yeah. So he's a pretty strong contender. Um, Kate Winslet until she got sick. <laughs> Bye, Kate Winslet. <laughs> Yeah, there. That's uh, there are others I'm just not thinking of off the top of my head. But okay. um, I mean, I I having said it now fifteen uh, times, two times, three times on this podcast, I'm in favor of safer at home. <laughs> so uh, I mean, since Matt Damon instigated it, we think maybe just himself for himself and his daughter, uh, he can come stay with us here. Okay, fair enough. Uh, if the monkey had the cure. I would like the monkey to stay with us. True. The monkey in Outbreak was very cute and very friendly. It did. But also, if it spit on you, you got it. And we are not scientists. No, no, no. I know, I know, I know. Okay. I, I'm not. I, I, what I started with, if the monkey had a vaccine. <laughs> if we had antibodies to the monkey. Okay. Oh, so if the monkey were no longer contagious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because honestly, of, of everybody in both of these films, my favorite character was the monkey. You know how much the monkey would pick up all the action figures, right? Yeah, but monkeys can be trained. <laughs> Maybe we could play together. <laughs> We're going to move on to our How Obsessed Are You questions. We have just a few, and they're going to be a little bit different because they're based on virus movies. Uh, and we're going to test because we don't know if we're obsessed with these movies right. or not. We're going to discover this together. Do you ever want to see these movies again? Um, Possibly. I don't, I'm like, I, I am, I am oddly fascinated by them. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, because I've only seen Contagion the once, I think that's the one that right now rises a little bit to the top for me of the one I would want to see again. Yeah. Not right away. And I think after, uh, if, you know, whatever new normal becomes, I think there will be a time where I absolutely will not want to watch it, but yeah. I, no, I'm not going to say never. I think I, they, I find them both fascinating. And I feel like this, when I, when I actually wrote this question, I was like, new, I'm good. Now I know what they're about. I know what the deal is. Um, but now that, you know, it's even been, you know, a couple days, um, I feel like certainly when we're at different parts of this uh, adventure <laughs> that we're going on in real life, it will be really fascinating to, to rewatch them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're definitely now, they're, they're movies that are in some way now, I feel like Contagion, again, was a what if. And I feel like an outbreak outbreak was a thriller with this. It's a disaster thriller. Yeah. Like, it's an earthquake movie except for a virus. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have such different perspectives. And to see how they will feel in this unique space, you know. Yeah. After after the world has, after has changed. Yeah. Because I don't want to just say when this is over. Because I think, I think that's a thing that we need to... Uh, uh, cure ourselves of just saying when this is over yeah and the back to normal switch goes back on like when yeah. we re-emerge in our altered in society our new world yeah i'll be happy to watch these movies again yeah would you want action figures of any characters from these movies no <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a uh three pack of uh of matt damon trying to keep his daughter away from her prom date 
Nope. Which no. he does when it's all over and they're all uh, vaccinated. He does have the nice dance for them. So you could have a he happy does. scene. He does. And I did actually like the sweetness of them making snow angels next to each other because they wanted to be in the same space but couldn't touch. Yeah. And, and then, then they tried like, to okay. touch. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then he tried to kiss her and it's not supposed to. Um, but we should say that there was a, a really nice end to that story. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Fairness, fairness to Matt Damon. Yes. Um... No, no, I really can't think of any of these characters that I need as an action figure. <laughs> yeah, even with my absolute love of action figures, I probably don't need any. Uh-huh. You want the monkey, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> I want a three-pack of the monkey, the pig, and the bat. I want... <laughs> oh, gosh! All the animals... Okay. Who are involved. That's the action figure that finally needs its own <laughs> separate place to live. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I want it to exist. I don't know if I'd buy it. I'd get the monkey by itself. Anyway. Uh, would you strand someone you love on a desert island with only these two movies? Oh. Well, I. you know what? That question is phrased incorrectly because it makes it sound like you are stranding the loved one. <laughs> If a loved one were already stranded on a desert island, yeah, would you leave them these two movies? I mean, not necessarily by choice. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, if they are truly the only person on the island, and there are no animals on the island to get them sick, no monkeys, bats, pigs, or other animals that will get them sick, maybe they would be comforting movies because they show society... And something that's not going to happen to them when they're all by themselves because there's nobody else there to get them sick. Safer at home on the desert island. Maybe? Yeah. No, I'm torn because at first it seemed like a absolute new, that's a hell no gift right there. Yeah. But they are movies and I think this goes to maybe, you know, why you and I ended up watching them. Uh, uh, they are movies that show truly horrific crisis and persevering. Yeah. And, and finding your way out. Uh, the other end. Yeah. I would still probably choose other movies, though. But these are not the worst movies. No, these are not the worst movies. Yeah. These are not the first I would airdrop to people. Right. Yes, yes. But if I had a limited selection, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've got got points in their favor. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to see some snow? You're on a desert island. Might be (laughs) fun to see the snow of Lake and Lindale. Uh, Would you want to see a sequel to either of these movies? Oh, yeah. You want to see uh, Outbreak 2, <laughs> where Rene Rousseau has not uh, remarried Dustin Hoffman. I mean, they can be married and live in different cities. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> you know, round two of what Rene Rousseau does at the CDC. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I would I would be fascinated to see a sequel to Outbreak. Mm-hmm. To see, like, to take the same actors... Yep. And see if they tried to make something. It, it was It's so grounded in 1995 to me. Mm-hmm. To see, like, well, if it happened again, what would happen? But, yep, including Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kiefer Sutherland's dad. Yes, yes. Donald Excuse Sutherland. Excuse me for saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Uh, no. Uh, but, you know what, that said, I, it would be fascinating to me if they existed. I'm kind of with everybody. So many people on social media have reacted to hey, that spec script you're writing where two people fall in love over Zoom, trash it now. There seems to be, and this is probably because I am uh, following a lot of people who are, you know, writers, creators. Yeah. Um, 
a very fast knee jerk. We don't want to turn this into movies. Mm, interesting. You know? Yeah. We don't want your, your rom-com take on Safer at Home. Yeah, you know, and I think there's something, I think there's a power to it because it's truly global. And I go on often, often on this podcast about the power of the universal through the specific mm -hmm. of like sharing an event that you went through that no one else, that very few people have, uh, have gone through mm -hmm. because it's unique to you in some way or unique to your culture or unique to an event that you lived through. And then other people learning about this different thing, but also finding like, oh, all the human emotions that you went through, I can relate back to experiences I've had. And you learn about how people are different, but you learn about how we're the same. Mm -hmm. To me, that's like a great, beautiful thing. And I think something unique about this is we might have those unique experiences, but in a large cultural sense, we don't. Like when we can all get together in person again, what have you been up to is going to be just a weird dysfunctional question because mm -hmm. it's going to be like, I went grocery shopping once a week with a mask mm -hmm. and then I worked from home to the best of my ability. Like people are going to have distinct things, but less distinct because it's this unique, literally global experience. Yeah. Nobody hasn't heard of this. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that might be the pushback on yeah, we're all experiencing this. So do you really have such a unique take on it mm -hmm. for a cute rom-com? Yeah. That it isn't just, yeah, 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 we know. Yeah. We all just lived this. Mm -hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I just hadn't anyway. really thought about it. Yeah. Uh, neither had I to that level. So we will move on. Uh, maybe Outbreak 2. I'm fine with Contagion. It's good. It's good the way it is. Uh, would you show either of these movies to aliens to explain our culture? No. <laughs> really, really no. Why not? Do you feel like they show humans in a bad light? I don't want to give... If the aliens are questioning whether or not to be friendly, mm -hmm. I don't want to give them ideas. Right. I feel like it exposes multiple different vulnerabilities, not just the actual uh, contagious element, but the a lot of other ways to, you know, um, infiltrate. And I, I don't, I just, I really, I really enjoyed watching these movies for right now. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I, as I mentioned earlier, I did see Outbreak, I think, close to when it came out and it was a movie of its era and I enjoyed it for that. And it was like a big, like, oh, what would this be? Um, but I don't feel like they're the version of humanity that I want to share with aliens. Yeah, I think fair enough. Yeah, Outbreak has got some kind of big over-the-top stuff, mm -hmm. as we've discussed. And Contagion has some moments that are definitely too real. I forgot about that. That was one of my most visceral responses to Contagion, is the moment where they had uh, a limited number of people in a studio, and they had Sanjay Gupta literally saying social distancing in 2011. And I'm yeah. sure you're sitting in a theater in 2011 and hear social distancing from Sanjay Gupta is like, would have been like, hey, weird phrase, congrats on collecting that <laughs> paycheck, Sanjay Gupta. Instead of like, if you showed that to aliens now, like, well, that's actually happening. Why mm -hmm. the thing in the movie, that's that, that exact thing, that guy is saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Too real for aliens. Right? Yeah. All right. So let's rate these movies. Okay. To see our own obsession level. We, we, we took some uh, temperatures with those questions, but on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, 
where would you rate your obsession level with Outbreak separately and Contagion? Mm, right now, I would say Outbreak. Mm, mm, I was going to say a five, but I think I'll knock it down to a four because I enjoyed it. I do not feel that obsessed with it. Yeah. I would say Contagion often actually for me is kind of in the like six, six and a half range. Yeah. Um, for right now, just because I have caught myself thinking about it a lot since we watched it. Yeah. And I suspect it will continue to. Okay. So what was yeah. your number for Contagion? Uh, six, six and a half. Six, six and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What All about right. you? I think Contagion, I'm going to go a solid five because I'm, I'm thinking about it in lots yeah. of different ways, but I think there are parts of it where it was a little too close to reality mm-hmm. and uh, a little, I don't know, almost clinical. And, and I got some things to work through, <laughs> obviously. I think Outbreak, I'm a little bit more obsessed with Outbreak. I think I put it myself really? at a at a 7 or an 8 for an Outbreak. This is not an analysis of quality, because I, I think Outbreak or Contagion is a better film, I mm-hmm. think, uh, for, for my own taste. Um, I think Outbreak feels both... Uh, comforting and alienating like looking in a funhouse mirror it is the funhouse mirror version of what we're going through where some moments are like yeah it's spot on that's my eye and like eh, it's not the way my leg goes like it's interesting it's so over the top in its own way that it, it feels like it gets ever so cl- close to being like what we're experiencing and then goes super bananas over the top yeah you know, yeah, and is so of its time. And Contagion has moments where it's of its time, but moments where not enough has, in the world has actually changed since 2011, where it is feels a little bit too much like just a mirror. Yeah, may I share? That's very, very interesting. May I share one of my favorite things about Outbreak? Please. That to me dates it is the like ah, oh, but we found this virus. This is a once in a lifetime experience. And by the time of Contagion, even, they're like, yeah, you know, we've got all these other, like, SARS and H1N1 that we're following. And just the thought now of, like, oh, that you wouldn't in your lifetime get to find or experience or hear about a new virus just feels so, like, oh, old-timey and rose-colored glasses. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember you literally making a noise to that. Like, just you wait, Dustin Hoffman (laughs) and Renee Rousseau, if you like discovering new viruses. Right. Boy, do we have a world for you. That's why I say Outbreak Part (laughs) 2. Fair enough. I would like to close the podcast by hearing your noise to sum up (laughs) Contagion and Outbreak. Oh my, oh my, oh, that's such a hard one. It is. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bad person. Two separate noises or one for both? Whatever you're feeling. Okay. How so, about one? How about two? Oh, you, oh you're going to do two. Okay. Go for two. I'll, I'll do two. So for outbreak, um, and then they'll probably need explanation afterwards. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go with... Um, Okay, what is that? Uh, the monkey. Oh, is that was it slurping something? Uh, the ha ha was the monkey. Yeah, okay, but then and there then was there the... was the was the helicopter. Oh, okay. And then the final noise was um, the wrong direction for a syringe because I slipped and it should have been going in. Sorry, my bad. 
Again, we are not in science. Hieroglyphics uh, and sounds. All right. Uh, <laughs> and now let's close it out with a noise to sum up your interest level in contagion. Okay. I'm just going to apologize ahead of time for this one. Is that washing your hands? No, it's to everybody touching all of the same things. <laughs> all right. So that is clearly what has uh, stuck with you with contagion of... <laughs> Let's all stop touching, touching things. Yep. I think that's a fine thing to be obsessed with right now is touching as few things as possible and then washing our hands. Thank you for going with us uh, on this journey of just embracing the uh, truth of what is going on, watching some movies that wrestle with it in different ways and uh, trying to both think about it critically and also just have a, a sense of fun about it. And I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you so much for listening. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. How far apart should the movies Outbreak and Contagion stay from one another? <laughs> Ten feet.